Blog Talk Radio. Everyone else can only see the worst in me. You're listening to another episode of Free on the Inside. I'm your host, Minister Joy Lewis. And I just want you to just think about this right now. Esau, Esau, the best in me. We're talking about every father. Esau, the best in us. That's awesome. Just take a moment and just think about that. And we'll be back with you uh, introducing our guests. We have a great show this morning. And we're looking forward to uh, our conversation. But just think about how good God has been to us just this week alone. Uh, when we were growing up, you know, it was a 
the uh, uh, it was a prosperous community. But now you should go over there. Now you see a lot of stuff happening. You know, and the main problem we have is now we have a lot of you know these state troopers stopping us, stopping people. Uh, they're having uh, traffic stops, routine stops. They say they're routine, you know. But uh, I think uh, somebody told me they stopped over 1,100 people. Man, that's a lot of people to stop, you know. But in these stops, you know, they said they found a lot of guns and felons and uh, a lot of more stuff, you know, you find when you go and search people's cars, you know. And they get caught in the dirt, which, you know, it's a good thing. And then if you, you find yourself being kind of obsessed with it, you know, start stopping people, you know, before you know, you know, it seemed like uh, one woman came on TV and she said that uh, she was at the community, the community meeting, and she said it was affecting the business all the businesses that the people own in South Dallas because a lot of people were afraid to come over there, you know. So uh, I guess there's a good thing and there's a bad thing. It's a pro and con issue about the situation. So what are your some of your thoughts on this, Reverend Lewis? You know, uh, as you were sharing that, Brother Dan, I was thinking about the news article that was being shared over the news uh, last week or even a couple of days ago regarding the uh, visibility of the state troopers in the southern part of Dallas. You know, me and you familiar with that part of Dallas, as you stated earlier. We grew up over there, so we have a special kinship to that area. And I was uh, noticing and I shared with my with some family members I was visiting last weekend. I was over there, and there was an abundance of of, of amount of, of the uh, state troopers over there. They've seen them been stopping people up and down the uh, highways and seen them, in, uh, you know, holding them for an experience, experience, uh, a, a, a time, you know, because I was uh, transferring some people back and forth and, you know, they go into the store and we passed one state trooper that had, had someone, uh, you know, stop. And we finished doing our business at the local store and we come back and they still out. And I said, wow, they seem like they're doing this on purpose to let them know, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to intimidate people. Even if you don't find anything to uh, own anybody, it's just a thought of just holding them for an extended length of time, you know. And people are going about doing their normal business on a Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon or just all day Saturday, and they've just been intimidated because when you leave a house, you don't want your brother, your uncle, your mother, your sister to be harassed by the local officials because they live in the neighborhood. They might say, well, we keep seeing you driving up and down the street. What are you up to? Wait a minute, I live here. Prove to us you live here. Why do you have to leave your house so many times? You know, things of that nature. So it could be a, 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 it's a mind thing that they're trying to uh, let people know, hey, we're going to be here and we're going to make ourselves known. And some of it is, is needed in some areas, but some of it is just an, over, it's an overkill. You know, so... yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that was one of the issues so, they were saying, so. too. Uh, uh, and also, there was another thing to think about. Maybe they're trying to uh, profile certain races. 
uh, maybe they're really checking IDs and find really trying to find out, like you said, who really supposed to be here. So I think uh, me, me and you were talking about how, um, you know, like they said they were supposed to have something like a, a check on all the illegal aliens or whoever was in, you know, the country. And maybe this is one of the, uh, uh, the checkup uh, deals that they really trying to do, you know, trying to check out, find out who really is supposed to be here. And so at the same time, everybody has to suffer, you know. No matter what you're doing or who you are, you're also a candidate for being in this checkup. So if you look at it, uh, people that really are not doing anything and you want to basically have a good time and you're really riding up and down the street and you're trying to go places, but to me, South Dallas is in a uh, self-destruct mode. Um, by me saying this, it's in a self-destruct mode because there are other issues involved in this because one of the first things that happened was that they closed down the schools, some of the schools in this area. You know what I'm saying? They closed down Joseph J. Rose, I believe. They, they closed down Pearl C. Anderson. They closed down... Uh, uh H.S. Thompson, and if you look at it, that when you cut down on the, the educational parts of a, of a community that's basically they've been here for for years, these these are little schools and the elementary schools been in these areas for the years, and when you close them down, it means really you're cutting out the, the network of uh of, of of children nurturing the kids, and one of the main reasons what the why was, you know the school system said because these buildings are old and they can't be kept up and it, it would cost too much money for you to repair what's wrong in the building. So basically, what they're doing is cutting the building, closing the buildings up. You know what I'm saying? So. That was phase one. It's a different phases that they're working. You know what I'm saying? And the second phase is the eradication of the property. You know, you turn down all these uh, these homes that seem to be broke down and you know going out of business and uh, the uh, homes are are raggedy. And so the city steps up and condemns the, the structures. You know, you control, condemn the structures and get them to tear the, tear the structures down. And so when they tear the homes down, then you got these properties. These structures are, they, they, they torn down. And, and, and now you got all these uh, realtors and, and, uh, the land grabbers and and they are in here because it's a charge properties to buy. You know what I'm saying? And then also somebody told me that they also they had a lower the tax rates in that area. So it's charge properties over there for you to buy. And so what's happening is when when all these properties are, are bought and rent up, 
It's going to be eradication of all the blacks. And basically, you have to do something with us, you know. So they're going to force us in another area. But you have to have somebody to put this fear tactic on the people that already live there. So that up came, you know, the governor. He said he wanted in the police chief. They put it on her so she gave it to. She had talked to somebody. And the, at the, you know, and they put him on the, into the mix, and he sent the troopers up here. You know, so now we got these issues that you know, old kind of. Here, Don John Wiley Price wrote a letter. You know what I'm saying? And he demanded that they cease, and and you know, either you know come to some kind of resolution. You know what I'm saying? And it's just a serious problem that's what's happening, and there's some other things involved. That's what I'm trying to say, Reverend Lewis. You know, and at the same time, you still got people suffering. You know, because you got these homeless people over there. They're on the streets. They don't know how nowhere to go. And if you ship them from one area to another, you you put another problem that you're not resolving into another area of town. So it's, you know, this issue is that everybody's suffering, you know? That's so true, that oh, Yeah. I got a call from, I think it's from uh, uh, Mr. Curry. He's calling me right now. Uh, let, let me talk to him, then I'll call you back. Put me on hold, and I'll call you back. Okay, that sounds great. Then that sounds great. Uh, that little brother Daniel, that he's on there giving us some uh, information regarding some fights that's going on in South Dallas now. And, you know, he was very poignant on those things right there. He, uh, his, uh, you know, those things are very uh, visible. And, and you be wondering, what in the world can we do to uh, to intervene on this area? What can we do as a society, as a race of people, or just being a, a uh, caretakers of the community. I'm gonna say caretakers because if you live in that community, you ought to take care of it. Even if you know anybody that's in that community, you ought to be uh, be able to be concerned about them and their welfare. And so, uh, what we would have to do is just uh, one thing: we need to just uh, see what's going on at the city, at the city, city, city civic center uh, leadership. What's going on with our commissioners, our uh, Elected officials, what do they have to say about this, and what can they do to interject in it? You know, Dallas police are doing an awesome job. You know, without the police, this place would be uh, a habit. You know, so we're not going to uh, downplay the police. They're very essential in the life of a community, in the life of a city, in the life of a nation. But we realize that sometimes the police they get a lot of hand. There's a few bad apples in the bunches. That's what, like anything on our family members. You know, we got family members. That just uh, doesn't do right also, so we don't want to just say a, say a bad, put a bad uh, a light on the police department. But I wish that what they would do on my, uh, for my town is to allow Dallas policemen to accomplish some of these DPS officers as they patrol in the neighborhood. Not ride with them, but be in a, in a particular area. So if they stop somebody, the Dallas police can just come up there too because you know, that way they will have a visibility and a face in the neighborhood because they say, hey, I'm, I'm familiar with this neighborhood. 
and yeah, hey, now this is what we're looking for. This we're not intending to intimidate anybody, but we're doing it for your good. You know, uh, we just letting you know that we're taking care of it. I wish that they would have let some of them st- uh, accomplish to uh, be with the DPS when they stopped. Because when I saw, I saw eight troopers that stopped people, and and no Dallas police was even with them. And I thought, well, so wait a minute. Why aren't the Dallas police making themselves visible too so we can have a sense of calmness and peace and have someone that we could address our complaints to? And so that's my take on those things, sir. And so if you have any any thoughts or opinion, please share that with the elected officials, or you can call in and share it with us. That number is 310-982-4126, and you too could be a part of what's going on. On this, uh, on uh, in the life of a community here, we have Brother Daniel on the line, and uh, he'll be back with us in a, uh, just a moment. But I was uh, talking about Nurse Norris is uh, going to come up and be on the program next weekend. And uh, Nurse Norris, he's running a medical kiosk awareness uh, program, and they go to various destinations based on the zip code and the uh, medical condition of that neighborhood, and they address some of the problems that. That's associated with asthma and the uh, and allergies and things. So I want to bring him on because next in a couple of weeks school start, and we were just sharing it offline. Me and uh, Nurse Norris said, "Little Johnny, little Mary, they go to school and they uh, and they very active all summer. They playing and having a good time and don't seem to have any health issues. But when they go to school, the next couple of days, they say they don't want to go to school. They don't feel good. I can't breathe or I have a headache." And we're thinking that they may be just trying to get out of going to school if they don't want to go. And I didn't realize that maybe they're suffering from a, a, a re- allergic reaction from school. Maybe it's something at school that's causing them to have little health issues. And so we have to be very mindful of that, that we need to look into those things there just for our uh, child uh, development. We want them to be healthy. We want them to be sharp and alert. At school, we don't want them to be burdened down with different type of illnesses and illnesses. So we want to be made mindful. And so I think, uh, thank God for Nurse Dosh going to come on here and he's going to share some things with us. And he's on location today. And I'm afraid I don't have that address for the. It's on the website. It's called BreatheItEasy.org. Uh, and so you can go to that website and you can see further information, see what they're doing. And up. Uh, you know, and, and I was over to the juvenile center last weekend, and uh, I had a great time over there. But the juvenile center, oh, man, it broke my heart. It broke my heart. The juvenile center is moving. they moving from their current location on the, uh, to the other side of Fort Worth that they said that they had outgrew that facilities and they needed a, a larger place. And it kind of break my heart because you outgrew this facility. You had 25 beds. Uh, you say you need another 25 beds? What's, wait a minute, what's going on? We're not being effective in what we're doing. I'm talking about all of us. We're not changing the lives. What's going on? Why? Why you needing more beds? And the and the program director told me, said, "Hey, we're getting other young men from outside of Dallas County and other parts of Texas, and so we needed facilities because a lot of the young men they're not they're not residents of of this area here. They bring them in." And so that way, if they have any problem or conflict, that they don't have anybody in the neighborhood they can go to. And I said, well, that makes a little sense, though, but I just know, need some more beds. There's something going on in society. 
that we're not that we're not able to change the hearts and minds of people. So you let's be kind of like oh, you know, like make you wonder what's really, 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 really happening. And so, uh, so we're gonna pray on that situation, and we may even go out to the visit of young men that because we had a program that we did, <clears throat> excuse me, that we had going on. And we may want to continue that program. We have some life skill courses over there that we were teaching the young men. I teach them about uh, how to work on the internal, how to work on the computer, the internal workings of a computer, which was the hard drive, the uh, memory, how to add more memory to the computer, how to change out various components in the computer, how to add components like a sound card, uh, a, a processor, you know, a lot of things now are modular where everything is all in one, but the young people need to know how to change out that one component. They say they sell some money and even can make some money but for their family and friend if they're having a problem, how to work on laptops, how to go out and get the information you need to keep your system running, how to uh, remove viruses, and things of that. nature. something thing that I take. Uh, I take for granted because, I, I, you know, they simple to me, but other men and women don't know those things. And so it's, I think it's very informative for them to learn that. Maybe they can work their way through college or through a trade school or uh, get some money until they're able to get that job that they're pursuing. Uh, I, I share with men and women and, uh, that they should try to hire themselves when they can't get hired by anyone else. You know, the thing that you enjoy doing, you can turn it into a career. You know, yard work, we can't take that for granted. Everyone that have their yard needed cut, you can do it yourself or you can pay someone else. And sometimes we'll just have so much going on that we are able to cut our own grass or tend our own yard. So we need to have somebody else that can do it at a reasonable price, you know. And so, you know, if you can uh, do that, just go ahead and support someone for a little while, you know, and maybe they do a good job and you can refer them to someone else. And we know that we... uh, we want to be able to be self-sufficient and, and do things on our own, but sometimes we can't do it. So we need to just look into, or hey, maybe we need somebody else to assist us until we're able to get, are able to do these things ourselves. I'm talking about yard work. I'm talking about being a mechanic. Uh, I have some men that have a, a auto mechanic shop, and one gentleman I have, uh, Mr. Hogg, he have a uh, training center for auto mechanic. We call him Mr. Bobo. He works on foreign cars and also American domestic cars. And so he have a training, and it's about, a, uh, I think it's about 12 months, I believe, or maybe less. And I had him on here some time ago. We may reach out to him and bring him back on it. And he uh, he, uh, uh, and he looks to get men and women that's ex-offenders, that's low income, to uh, learn how to work on cars and diesel engines. And also... Uh, uh, also, uh, he get him a certificate, and he's and he's uh, a, in a relationship with other vendors and things. So he's a, so he can uh, also get you hired on somewhere else once you complete that course. And that's great. There, and, you know, I was watching the TV program the other day, and a commercial came on. They were talking about going to computer training school, and, and they said you could do it in six months. And I remember when I went to tech school. It took me two years to learn what I learned. And then they said they could do it in six months. And it's like, wow, that things are just that, that, that convenient now. The thing that took us two years to do, it takes someone else six months, and they probably could get more money than I could, than I could ever get. It's just a startup salary. So these are the times that we're living in. 
people back to the juvenile department that a young man that moved, and I had to go there. And, I, and the garden that we had was doing great. The garden was very fruitful, and it was and it and it was healthy. And I was going to take. The, I took the garden down. I was going to throw away the plants, and I said, No, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to take these plants, and I'm going to take them home, and then maybe I give them to someone else, and maybe I'll plant them in the ground myself because they still had fruit on them. The tomato plants still had tomatoes on it. And, you know, they were still growing tomatoes. The little flowers was on and the pepper plants were still budding and they had peppers on them. And, and so and I pulled all that up and, and I put it in a container with some water on it and kept them moisturizing. And so I have them in the backyard now. But I'm thinking about planting those myself or maybe even give them to someone to let them uh, do the garden. And I realized during my time of growing this garden that the, that the onions are the Jalapeno plants, they grow practically all year long. As long as it's not a hard freeze, they'll grow. I remember last year I, we had some over at the garden, and it was in January, February. They were still growing and, and producing uh, uh, apples. I said, man, these things keep growing and growing. And so this year I'm going to see if it's going to do the same thing. I'm going to have my own little old laboratory. So when I do this again, I know how, how they grow and the duration of it. And so, but uh, but as I took the garden apart, I was just thinking about the the benefits that I uh, that we had as a group over there planting the garden and how we were able to share our skills, our talent with our young men. And some young men they really loved the garden; they was taking care of it, and they were saying, "Mr. Lewis, uh, everything that we tend to grow over here, uh, plant over here is growing." And I was saying, "Yeah, that's where God uh, intended for us to live that abundant life that whatever we put our hands to do." we should prosper. And the young man said, wow. And I said, hey, if you decide to go to school and you devote your time and your talent to the study and, and, the, and to that process that you've been presenting to my school, that you should be successful. Not only you being successful, I mean, completing the course, getting the job, getting the resources with it, but also being a blessing to your family, your mother, your brothers, your auntie, your uncle, all those people too can find uh, you know, find comfort and assurance in those things. And well, I think we have our co-host back on the line this morning here. Brother Daniel, good morning. Yeah, how you morning, doing, Brother you Have you got I'm any kind great. of news? Uh, no, I sure had. I sure had. I hadn't got anything from it. And so did I was just sharing with, uh, with our audience. Did you see a 201? Yeah. You know, a 201 number on the... On the, on the... No, he- no, had no one call in just yet. You may call in okay. just a moment here. We'll just hold on and wait on it. And so, if nothing else, you know, he's always he can always call back. We're looking forward to him coming on here and sharing his gift and talent. Pastor mm-hmm. Kelly is a good friend of ours, and he's a he have a lot going on. So we pray that he's able to share that with us this morning. And if not, we're just bringing him back at a later date. Brother Day, I was talking to uh, our audience about our garden over at the juvenile center. You know, the juvenile center, which I was going to once a month, they decided to close that facilities because they, they said that they had really had expanded. They needed more room and more, uh, you know, they needed more space. And so I had mm-hmm. to go over there dismantle the garden last week. And the garden was growing and the, and the crops was, and they were still producing fruit and vegetables. And I'm saying fruit because uh, uh, tomatoes like a fruit, but it's really a vegetable. But uh, the tomato plants were still producing the pepper plants and the jalapenos and the bell peppers. 
And so I pulled them up, but I didn't destroy them. I thought about destroying them, but I said, wait a minute, they still producing. So I pulled up the stalks and I, and I put them in a container, put some water on them, and just let them sit there for a while. And as I said earlier, that I'm going to replant those things. But, uh, Rick, I was just thinking about the teaching moments that we had with our young men over there. And, you know, and I reflect on, on the on the information I was able to share with them and how they receive that information. And I know that no matter where they go, they'll be mindful of the things that they put their hands to do, that they can be successful. And I want you to know, and I want our audience, our listening audience to know that whatever God puts our hands to do, we can be successful at it if we don't lose heart. You know, because what is success? It is letting everybody know what you're doing. What is success is getting notoriety. What is success is getting all the things that come along with what you're pursuing. Or maybe that success has just come from having a comfort, having assurance that you did the best you could. You know, each year our sports events, they have our championship games. They have two teams that plan to be the top team of their league. You're going to have a winner. You're going to have a loser. Because that loser didn't make it to number one, do they make their season less effective or less successful? They all are winners, but there's a level mm-hmm. of winning, and it's depending on how you how you manage that success. We know some people take their success and they go hog wild and they abuse it, and then they find themselves <laughs> on the bottom of the heap again and not as successful as they had been in the past, and they want to know what happened. And sometimes it's because you didn't manage it right. Sometimes it's because of other things beyond your control. But how do you manage that at a time when you're on top of, the, of your game? I'm going to put it that way. And how do you manage that time when you're on the bottom of the pack, when you're not doing as well as everybody else? And, you know, that's a twofold thing. And and, and that's what we have to learn and teach our young people. I'm, I'm talking about the juvenile and the seniors. Uh, I'm talking about the single men that we go to that we go to visit at the jail. You know, how do you manage this time when you'd have been incarcerated? Now you get out, you get a fresh start. You know, you no longer have to hide. You no longer uh, uh, feel like that you are, you know, that you're an outsider. The slate has been wiped clean, so to speak, and now you can go on and start living that abundant life. Are you going to take that for granted and just do what you want to do? Are you going to do the thing that God intends for you to do? It's to live at peace with all men, to be successful, to be loving, be kind, be gentle. Um, you know, because as, as, as we get a new start, we start taking advantage of our, our old mindset. Yes, sir. Uh, you said the juvenile system now. Uh, you said, is this the one off of 30? No, no, no. That's not the one. That's the one Buckner. That's the one, one Buckner. Buckner. I go to call it Contrail How. Yeah, Contrail How. So, um, yeah. You know, you're saying that they're gonna bring in other people from different parts of the state, or what? No, 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 sir. I'm saying that they shut that system down because they didn't have enough room, and they shut that system down because they needed more a uh, space to do what they need to do. So they, uh. They moving on the other side of Fort Worth. I said it. Uh, 
they was letting, they was telling me that they bring other men, young men in from various parts of the other state. They're not local, mm-hmm. so they bring from oh, they're not local. from Amarillo, from you know, yeah, they bring the young men from uh, different counties and bring them over because mm-hmm. it's all part of Texas. Man. And so they bring them in from us. So that's why they needed more space over there. Because some of the Damn. facilities are older, and so they remodeling them and just have a lot of, uh, you know, structural damage. So they just have to kind of condense everything. Hopefully they'll bring them back. Right now they're not over there anymore. So, uh, and I was just thinking about, you know, uh, all the things that we uh, we share with our young men. We pray that things was up. Uh, Goes well with them, and that they recall the things that we're done, and that they can apply some of those things in their lives. Yeah, but you know, I, I look at it too. Sometimes it's a good thing, uh, revolution. Again, it might be, it might set them back a little bit because you know, whenever you start mixing, mixing people from different areas, man, it seems to be a, a sometimes there's a problem, man, because you know. Sometimes people bring their bad habits with them. You know what I'm saying? And I know one of the main issues we have with youngsters, man, you know, sometimes they're involved with gang affiliations. And most of the time, well, when you put them in other situations, they bring their beliefs with them, you know? And you have that problem. Whatever success you have, you have achieved with where, where, you were, where you was at, at this time, and then when you go into another phase, it seems to you know, you know, it seems to be a you got to work out some more problems, you know. And so I hope they don't bring because I've been over there too. It's a nice little setup, y'all. They got over the Realm Lewis, you know. And I hate for them to go, uh, you know, be be set back a little bit, you know, in order for you know because they need to increase the size of the you know facilities, but uh. Maybe something they need to have more instructors and so too, you know. Whenever you do that, I know they are. They want to have more people to be over. So you still there? Yeah, I'm just thinking about what you were saying, there, brother Daniel. And you know, uh, and that's the purpose of this type of places, man, to kind of get everybody mindset. Redirected. We realize that anytime you bring people from north, south, east, and west, they bring in their own ideas, their own culture, their own way of doing things. But the way that they were doing wasn't right because they got them where they are now. And if everyone in there can see, hey, maybe what we were doing wasn't right, regardless of where you at, maybe mm-hmm. we need to rethink. It. Maybe we need to kind of get all on the same page, so to speak, and just see what's going on. And maybe we get another chance at it. And a lot of people are, are living for the hearing now. People don't really want to wait for stuff anymore. They want it right now. They want that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Why want me to work for some money uh, eight hours or 40 hours a day when I can make money, you know, in an hour as much as I'm making in a 40-hour period? Why would you yeah. want me to go and get license where I can just go up here and buy a car with no with no life. That's one of the biggest challenges we have with our young people. Trying to do things. 
Because now they can pay some stuff. People don't even have to have license anymore. You know, they can yeah, just go out know, to the last week you were telling me about how you can go to college now and you don't have to take all the courses a person has to take before because you're seeing that everybody is more wiser and smarter than they were 40 years ago, so you don't have to go into all these different phases in order to get education now. It's about, you know, everything that took four years is going to take two years now. Or one, you know, one year, you know. So, you know, like you say, it's a good thing. And then again, what about the people that paid their dues, man, and suffering in order to get what they got? And you got these other people, man, that coming out of nowhere, you know, and man, that guy already is an instructor, man. I took me 20 years to be a doctor. And now he went to school in five, you know, uh, uh, three yeah. years, you know. So, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. And, you know, it's just, it's just this world that we're living in nowadays. Everybody want it real now. They want it now. They want it now. And my daddy told me a long time ago, man, the best thing you can have in life is experience. Experience something. You got to go through something in order to have something. You know, and, and if you look at it, you know, a lot of people I know, they tell me, man, how are you going to tell us? Now, I'm going to tell you a good example of what I heard. I met one time, uh, now, you know, I'm in the music realm, you know, and uh, I studied a lot about these uh these are composers and these artists and the jazz artists. And um, Miles Davis said one time he was mad at a uh, – he kind of had a little beef with uh, uh, Whitney Marcellus. You know Whitney Marcellus, don't you? Right. Uh, him and him and Miles had something like a little feud with each other. Uh, you know, he was saying that Whitney was trying to come up out of nowhere, and kind of take his place as being the king of jazz. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the most prevalent trumpet player in the world, you know. And that thrown Miles here for a long time. So Miles Davis kind of shot back at him one time, said, how you ever going to be something when you ain't never been through nothing? You ain't your wife never divorced you. You ain't never been on drugs. You never been homeless. You never had problems in your life. Everything you had been handed to you on a single, on a on a silver spoon. So how are you gonna write a song and and write a song and tell about the pain and the agony and the suffering that you had suffered in some music? How can you play even when you're playing? How can you express emotions? You know, a lot of people don't understand that that. A music is basically about emotion. You know what I'm saying? Music is mostly the inner yeah, feelings that you have inside of you, and you'll put it on either paper or basically on tape. You know, and that's why most performances of people, sometimes they never can be relived because that person is going through something at the time. You know what I'm saying? That's why they always have these classic recordings of live. That's why live is live, man. It's something else. You remember, you remember when we used to listen to a lot of these live recordings? Yeah. Like, God, you know, they'd never be able to get repro- uh, 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 reproduced because that 
that person probably was going through something at that time, and he wanted to tell somebody about it. So what I'm saying is, for the person that has never really experienced nothing, I've been through anything, he's going to have a, uh, something that's inside of him that basically kind of makes him kind of, you know, the, uh, uh, I can't even explain it. It makes him different. I'll put it like that. And he's going to be kind of like a, he's going to be like a oddball. I'll put it like that. You know? If you look at it now, even in the sports, you see how these people won't play football. They want all the money right now. They want to hold out. They want to get paid. But they don't want to play. And Jerry Jones said the same thing. You know, you got to suffer a little bit before you have something, son. You know, I can teach you how to be a multimillionaire. I can teach you what, how to put money in the bank and buy property. Buy land. You can be just like Troy Eggman did, or uh, whoever, uh, Emmett Smith. You can do just like what he did. But the young black men today, they don't want to listen. You know, they want to have it right now. You know, which, uh, you know, I'll, you know, I know it's there for them to get, but in that kind of career, like that, it ends real quick. You want injury away from not playing no more, you know. So I, I understand why they want the money now. But you have to, like I said before, you have to go through something in order to have something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that is so true, though, bro. And, you know, as I said earlier, uh, we, are, we want that instant gratification. We want it right now. We don't want to wait. We don't want to go through that. And if we don't be successful enough to uh, – uh, don't uh, receive that that which which we pursue, we lose heart and we change courses. And before you know it, you find people flip flopping on back and forth with no commitment, whether it's on a job or a relationship or whatever it may be. I recall I had I knew people and you know them too, and and we all probably know people like they just sell stuff. Before you know it, they selling hair products at one time, then they selling uh, prescriptions to uh, magazines and. Then they selling uh, cosmetics. And, man, wait a minute. Try to look up your selling something. What are you going to stick to? You know, well, I'm trying to find something that that a, a click for me. Well, wait a minute. Maybe it ain't the stuff that's clicking for you. Maybe it's costing your commitment. You know, to, to find to your craft and your skill, it takes years, brother. We just see people at the top of their career when they're doing good, but we don't realize that how long it took them. Some people say, man, I've been doing this for 25 years. I've been doing this for 30 years. Well, bro, I just heard about you last month, man. <laughs> I didn't know that you've been that committed to what you've been doing. And so we have to realize that and tell our young people, too, hey, this thing takes a while. Don't give up. And don't give out. And also go for ourselves, too, Brother Daniel. We have to be that at that image that they see. They see me and you toggling back and forth, or we see other people toggling back and forth. We don't give much value to what they're doing because you give it time, they'll be doing something else. And, and one thing leads to another. And before you know it, they lost all hope. So we have to be very mindful of, of how we handle situations because people are watching us. Not that we got to be the best, but we got to be faithful at what we do. Being married. I, I knew uh, people that been married and then they get a divorce and they married again and 
I said, wow, you know, and that's something that's a personal thing, but it's just that, that commitment there. It's easy to get in and out of relationship. I don't like the way you're doing me, so I'm going to cut this loose. I'm going to get somebody else. And let me tell you, man, relationships, they're going to be relationships. Your relationship is going to be no different than your previous relationship. If you argue there, you're going to be arguing in this one. And, but there's a way of handling that, that argument. If there were financial problem in one relationship, there's going to be that same financial problem, but you should know how to handle it differently. If there's going to be jobs where one person was back and forth between jobs, when you involved with them for an extended length of time, married with them, or married to them, yes, it's still going to be them jobs. Hey, you know, babe, wait a minute, you need to settle down now. We got more responsibilities now. So, it, you know, this thing, they always creep into our way of life, but you have to know how to handle those things. Uh, take example for someone that are uh, two couples. They One couple might love to uh, go to a particular restaurant. The other couple don't like it. But you got to find something at that restaurant that you like to eat. Say, I don't like to eat this certain food, but there's always something I can eat on this menu. I'm not going to fuss about it because I don't want to go. Well, you know, I don't like this food. You know, I don't like this and that. I don't, you know, then you argue every weekend. You want to argue about where to go and eat. And find you something that you could eat on that on that menu. And don't even let them know. Just just eat it. So oh, I just I love this here. Well, you get this every time we come here. Yeah, I just like it. Yeah. The same thing about my TV program. You know, they got TVs now that you can, you can have a TV in each room, and then they got TV with split screen. If you can, you can just play. Hey, I'm going to hear watch the football game. I don't have to listen to it, but I'm going to let you listen to your show, and I'm going to look at the TV screen and the football game. Y'all in the same room. Yeah. We don't have to have no – I'm talking about a man. We don't need no announcer to tell us that somebody just gave this game 10 yards. You know? We don't need no announcer to tell us that was a, that was a fantastic hit. <laughs> we can see that with our own eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know that's also that's another thing, uh, uh, Reverend Lewis. It's a control issue, and some of these things we're talking about too. People have to be controlled. They also will have to be guided and told a certain thing because the the, the thing about watching uh, sports, and I was looking at it all the day where they saying that uh, YouTube has these commercials. On for everybody now because they are paying them, you know what I'm saying, to be on YouTube. And now these artists don't have to have these record companies sponsoring them no more, like they did at first, you know what I'm saying, promote their, promote their career. So that's everybody, it's the gospel groups. It's the rappers or anybody that really want to post your videos on their on the YouTube. Basically, you have to pay these sponsors a certain amount of percentage. They get paid by how many watches. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. They get paid how many times people watch watch these videos, watch these screens, streaming. They call it streaming, I think, don't they? Yeah. And, and you and they get paid, you know. So you know, everything is in a control issue, you know. And you know, it's just it's just the way of the world. We go now. 
you know, the uh the uh I remember this guy when he told me and uh, we know we had a friend, you know, you know his name was uh Mr. Googie. You know what I'm saying? And he never could they never could like all the rest of them stay locked up like that. They never can survive out in the world because they have to be told what to do at on every situation. And that's the jail mentality. You know what I'm saying? That's being incarcerated. They call it being institutionalized. They have to be told when to get up. You have to be told when to eat breakfast. You have to be told when to change clothes. You got to be told what kind of coffee to drink or what kind of shoes to wear. You know, you're controlled. You're getting being told. And our minds are so closed. Basically, we see, everything we see, we gonna want. I think I seen a guy the other day. He showed me a pair of new Jordans they got on. You know, Jordan still got shoes coming out. Uh, Rem Lewis, you know, every year he have a new set of Jordans come out. And he would think after I don't know, it's been about thirty five years or forty years now, right? How long have you been making it's them been shoes? A while. Sometimes they even recycle the, 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 he got a big warehouse. And every time he want to recycle one of them for that year, he bring that year out. But I think this year they got a new version out. And this guy told me, he said, man, I'm going to get those shoes, man. I looked at him, I said, man, that looks bad, man. You know, who's setting the norm for the, for the today? I mean, who's, who's setting, you know, but what if they, he says go. You know what I'm saying? So everybody wear red this year. You know? Everybody wear green this year. Everybody cut their hair off. Everybody wear that side haircut. You know? We all be in control. So man, we got now, we got people's minds are so closed they'll follow anybody. Anybody with a good idea, a good uh, plan and say they can make them save money. You can save. You can be all you can be. You know, and then people just run toward him. I was at a conference last week that I worked, and it, this guy, man, he had these people, man, coming in there. They were writing their checks to him on the spot because he was. He had this. Uh, he had this little. I'm not saying this. It was a program. He had them. Listening to, he could. They were buying his tapes. They were buying his exercise machines, and and they were just wide up, Reverend Lewis. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't eat breakfast or dinner right, but weren't worried about him. They couldn't eat. They just throw the food down their mouth and ran back in it again. You know, he just had them that control, man. You know, and it's it's a serious thing, man. You know, this thing. In the Bible, it tells you about this person that's going to come out and control people because he has a good word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's going to be the one. He's going to be the one to control everybody's mind. But he's going to lead us in the wrong direction. Not me. He's going to lead the people in the wrong direction because they're all weak. Brother well, Daniel, you know, the we flesh is weak. They tell you that. Brother Daniel, we got uh-huh. a caller coming in right now. We're going to go ahead and answer and see who, uh, right. who uh, is that our guest is calling in this morning. 
that's arguing and fussing and worried about who's going to pay this or who's going to pay that or what bill you're going to pay back. You can basically get them together and, and basically get them on the same page with each other. That's right. That's right. They stay on one accord. One accord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Through, okay. Now, who is this mediator? Okay, now, I, and the, now answer that. When you ask that question, you say, who is the mediator? Mediator who is, is this the person one in between. Oh, the atonement is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Okay. All right. Now, now you said you have this. You had this this program. Now, who sponsors this program? Who sends these people to this? In order to get this service. Oh, okay. It's called the ADR Conflict uh, Resolution. It's um, it's downtown. Um, it's connected with the um, George Allen Courthouse. And uh, but what happened is, I'm a certified mediator, and actually, I can do private mediation, and also I can do uh, public uh, mediation with one-on-one uh, uh, with family, children. Um, like we have a lot of children today have been a lot of uh, problems with their parents and not understanding when it comes to parents and children, you know, they always want to be a friend. That's all well and good, but how about being a parent first? And what we teach them to show them in this, how God is letting us understand authority, you know, when they say spare not the rod, we got to remember what God is telling us, you know, we can, we can, <laughs> we can spank our children. There ain't nothing wrong with uh-huh. that. I mean, but the fact yeah. is, we gotta let them understand. If you don't, they'll wind up spanking you. And, and yes, so we right, man. I know that for who, Who's in charge? Yeah. You know, are you gonna let your child be in charge, or are you gonna be in charge? And these kids today, and I mean, and I'll, I'll speak it like my own. I raised seven children. I had a set of twins, and I know what it was to raise them. So when I actually uh, signed up being a mediator, I learned up what God was showing me how to do things in the proper way. And, and then, like I said, when, uh, I came up like everybody else. I don't know. I didn't have a manual about how to raise children. The only manual I had was God Almighty and, uh, you know, how he led me to be the best father I could be. And like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't a great father, you know, because I had made some mistakes. But along that line, I knew deep down inside I was better than what my flesh was showing me. You know, it was showing me that these things were going about, and I had to follow like – what they call the the old school uh, way of doing things that when we had grandmoms would uh, would snatch a child if he acted up in the store and set him straight and he wouldn't be trying to uh, try to tell grandma what to do you know same thing with the parents today you know the parents are letting the kids run over them and they they feel like um, like I had a, a incident not too long ago I had a woman the child was seven years old and the woman was afraid of her own son. He took mm. over the whole house, and that's a shame. And let yeah. me go to that. Pastor our time is drawing near here. I, I, you know, I would love for you to call back and share some more of this here with us. But thank you once again for being a guest on the program. I love your insight on the, on, the, uh, on what you have to share with us and about being that mediator. We thank God that Jesus Christ is that perfect mediator that went before us, and now he sits at the right hand of God on the throne, intercede on our behalf, but yet he needs willing vessels here on this side of heaven. 
to continue the work that he started. So thank you for being that willing vessel for speaking to the lives of God's men and women concerning the word of God and how to work these things out in a reasonable, safe manner. So thank you for what you're doing. Now, Pastor Kerry, if anyone want to get in touch with you, they want to I want you to intervene on their on their behalf and to uh, speak life into them. Uh, where could they contact you and uh, uh, give us some information? Well, first of all, um, I have I have a website, and also um, I'm actually a, a phone number, and they can call me at nine seven two two zero one four four seven one. And somebody's there to answer that 24-7. And also I have an email. It's called O-Curry, C-U-R-R-I-E, 58 at gmail.com. Amen. Hey, Amen. Hey, hey, uh, hey, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. And uh, the thing is, and once they uh, they call, the number of the, the website comes up, you know, automatically let them understand. And when we look at what it's called, Christian Legal of Dallas, Texas dot org. Amen. Christian Legal of Dallas, Texas dot org. Great. As God bless yeah. you. That's some great information. We're gonna uh, make note of that. And we, uh, Doctor Kerry, we love you to come back on here at a later date to give us more information because let me tell you, uh, this is something that's needed in this day and time. Amen. Amen. And you know, and um, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it real short because I know, uh, you know, I, I probably when when I, I actually start talking, it's just like the preachers always start talking. You know, <laughs> when the, the spirit get hold of them, we we don't know how to stop. <laughs> but I will say, well, you this, and I will come back uh, on a later date. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah I will say this. Go ahead. Know, um, yeah, I'm always available if anybody needs to talk to me, and also um, I, I would do um, if I had to go house call. I can do house calls as well. Okay, great, great. Uh, well, do you specialize? When I say before I let you go, do you specialize in a particular age group or, uh, or something like that? Is there some parameters that you can discuss that when they call you? Well, I, um, I have all different age groups. Sometimes we have children uh, with teachers. Uh, it's called peer mediation, where the teachers and the children sit down and go over what's going on because uh, sometimes they have problems with the teacher. And sometimes children don't know how to express themselves, and they, you know, and the teacher, nothing's wrong with the teaching, but sometimes it all started at home in the beginning. But the thing is, we, we satisfy situations or school age, uh, teenage, adult age, and also um, I work with people um, in uh, different other areas of their life as well. All right. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Kerry. Look forward to you being a guest at a later date on Blog Talk Radio, free on the inside. And thank you for what you're doing, and keep doing what you're doing for the Lord, okay? Amen, amen. And it's a, it's a pleasure being on your show. All right, God bless uh, thank you. Thank you very That's much, Brother And we're going to sign off right now. We want to thank you for being a part of a, a free on the inside Blog Talk Radio, free on the inside ministry. Come on. Uh, each and every week at the designated time from 8 to 9, encouraging God's people to continue the work that God has uh, 
given to you to do. We had Pastor Kerry as our guest this morning. We're going to have him to come back on talking about uh, 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 he's a, being a mediator. So you have some issues in your life and some things that you need to work out with your friend, uh, family and your and your uh, kids or whatever it may be. I ask you to call Pastor Kerry at the designated address and we'll post that on our blog talk web page just so you can get more information. But I, as we get ready to sign out, we want you to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Thank you, Brother Daniel, for being a co-host. Thank you for giving us this guest this morning, Pastor Kerry. You asked him to come on, and he was faithful at it. So thank you, Brother Daniel. And as we get ready to get out of here, we want you to be encouraged, to be strong. We want you to be committed at the task at hand. Gracious Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for another day that was promised to the Lord as we go about, dear Lord, give us Give us an insight on the things that we need to accomplish, dear Lord. Let it be done uh, within your power, within your mercy. Dear Lord, we ask you to open the eyes up of, of the men and women which we encounter, dear Lord. They can see how good you have been to them. Dear Lord, we ask you to encourage them, keep them safe in the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, we pray for our listening audience. We pray for our guests this morning, dear Lord. We pray that things will continue to be well in their lives as you continue to show your hand mighty. And next time that we speak to them, dear Lord, let them continue to praise your holy name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 That's for today, we pray that you're being blessed and ask you to continue to be about our Father's business. In the name of Jesus, amen. Free on the inside.